Man, Ninja Turtle, you better stop poking me. What is your name? My name is Peter Quill, okay? Dude, chill out. Move! Why? Ronan may have questions for you. Hey, you know what? There's another name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Well, Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. <laughs> Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I'm your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have returning champion, Axelon. What's going on? And newcomer to my Hero Talk, I got Brian. Brian, how you doing? Not bad. Good to be here. All right. So today's film is Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, as you know, Hero Talk, we are a spoiler podcast. And our rules are as follows. We will try our best to stay on topic and to stay to the movie at hand. But basically, anything that has been officially released on any stage, on any movie, in any forum, is fair game. We can spoil it because nobody wants to censor themselves. So you've been forewarned. Let's do it. Guys, I kind of like this movie. I love I this too. movie. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, now, this opening scene, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right to the opening scene because this is kind of a funny story. I went to a, uh, a cheaper theater to see it because 3D movies screw with my head. So I usually go to a theater that I know does not have 3D, so I don't have to worry about what screen times I can get into and what theater I can watch it in. Mm-hmm. And I was at one of those movies, they didn't have that, you know how like before the movie starts, they have the whole silence your cell phone and like you're like on the roller coaster of the track made of film and you're going through and the giant popcorn's popping overhead and <laughs> they do the sound. They didn't have any of that. So I see this opening scene with like the kid in the hospital with the mom dying and I have no idea the movie has started. I honestly uh, think I'm watching a trailer for the next, you know, film in the trailer right after the Big Hero 6 or whatever. And I I watched the whole thing kind of thinking, what is the point of this movie? Up until he gets abducted by aliens and then the Marvel thing shows up. And I realized <laughs> I'm watching Guardians right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it just makes me realize, like, what an effective opening scene, because I had no idea what I was watching up until the aliens show up. And it's like, wow, it's like I'm a metaphor for Peter Quill. <laughs> that's clueless a, until aliens a, abduct you yeah that's <laughs> a good point yeah that was i it was very nice now i went back to see it again in that same theater and i i almost wanted to let my buddies know but we had gotten to the theater super late so i thought they would just assume they were in a preview so i decided to be a good guy be like this is the movie but it was uh it was one of those deals where we we're trying to figure out movie to watch and this is how much i like this movie because i asked these guys have you seen guardians yet and they all said no and i'm like Oh, well, we got to go see Guardians. And then there was this, this whole moment where they're like, no, you've already seen it. We don't want to make you see it. I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. This is not a discussion to this point. <laughs> you no. guys need to go into this movie theater, and you need to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah, my, uh, my girlfriend had bought 3D tickets mm-hmm. for it uh, once. And I can't remember why, but we ended up having to change it. I think, like, we wanted to use a coupon or something. Oh, no, no, it was... Um, we wanted to go with some friends the first time, and like like, like you, like one of them can't take 3D very well. So we thought, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, why give up the 3D tickets? And we'll just change the time, and if we want to get our money back later, we'll try to do that. Actually, I don't think we could, but anyway. So we um like we go to see it Friday night, uh, rescheduled the tickets for Sunday, and after that, after we saw it the first time, there was no doubt in our minds we were going back Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a good movie. I um. Mm-hmm. 
I think a lot of it relies on the cast. And I, I want to actually talk about the cast for a second, because the cast of this movie almost seems like as haphazardly put together as the, the Guardians themselves. Yeah. It's, it's, you got this, you know, if you would have, first of all, I had no idea who the Guardians were. Before I walked in, before I, I had heard of this movie, I, I can't say before I walked in the theater because it's not like I shut off my internet for six months. Well, even if you're a diehard Marvel fan, that's kind of understandable because the team, the team has actually changed a couple times. Yeah, yeah I plus mean, just the, the the IP in general is just kind of obscure. Yeah, yeah, I well, was, it was obscure. Yeah, that now they're not. No, not I'm, anymore. I'm assuming now if you were to pick up a Guardians comic, they probably have a team very similar to the team we saw in the theater. Uh, similar. Yeah, that, that, is, that, is actually, that is actually the current iteration of the Guardians. Okay. Uh, I figured as much. Yeah. yeah. Isn't, isn't there – I'm, I'm going to kind of play off. I've, I am a comic book fan, and I have read a lot of comics, uh, mostly DC – but I mean, I've done my share of of comics, you know. Like I know what the Secret Wars and the are and all that other stuff. But like, wasn't at one point like Silver Surfer and the Guardians and Captain Marvel? And am I thinking of the right group here? Maybe uh, I'm not sure. Am I confusing the Defenders with the Guardians? Maybe. No, because because the Defenders were like street level guys. Okay. Oh um, no, no, Defenders no? were like top tier. Like they make the Avengers look like children. I thought, yeah, the Defenders. Yeah, I really? want to say at one point, yeah. Defenders was like. The Hulk, Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, and Namor? I think that's them, yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I think, because, like, the Defenders that that are going to be in the MCU are, like, Daredevil and Power Man and all that. Like, you know, the ones they're putting on Netflix. Yeah, I know oh. the original Defenders were, like, the, the ultimate team in Marvel as far as, like, power. Okay. But I think nowadays it's just, like, like you said, Daredevil, more street level. Yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about this cast. Uh, Chris Pratt. Now... I don't know if you guys watch Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Okay. See, I do. So I, I knew exactly who it was from Chris Pratt. And it just – so my first thought is, well, that guy? Because – and, you know, and he does he does play Star-Lord. I don't – I didn't know Star-Lord from the comics. But this does kind of feel a little bit like Andy Dwyer in space. Hmm. Well, except I think, like, Star-Lord has – more brains, like better survival yeah. instincts. He's, he's I don't, more, I don't he's see, more competent, yeah. I don't see Andy Dwyer surviving as, in this line of work. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I thought, he, I mean, he was a little more goofballish than I think I remember Star-Lord being. I think he mm-hmm. was kind of like an awkward, a more awkward Han Solo. Yeah. That may like be what he was going for. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. It's just like, I saw him, it's like, it's like Han Solo if he was like messing up half the time. Yeah. Instead yeah. of being like this this cool like rogue character, it's it's like you know it's kind of like he he was twelve years old when he was kidnapped. So it's kind of like in his head he sort of had this idea of what was cool, and with no yeah. actual real parenting growing up, like that's he's he's now this adult trying to be what he thought was cool as a kid. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that description before. Yeah, bunch of eighties cartoons and movies. Yeah, so if that's what he was going yeah. for, it was good. Now and. Forgive me for saying this, but he was because he takes his shirt off all the time in Parks and Rec, and he is a chunk on that show. And then he's in that that delousing scene in this movie, and the guy was like made of iron. Yeah, holy cow. Yeah, he um, I I think he started working out when he wanted when he started thinking about auditioning for this part. Mm -hmm. Like I um, I heard an interview with him where he said uh, um, like when he was a kid, like he he'd draw like superheroes, like you know. While he was in school and that kind of thing, and you know he'd you know draw them ripped, and you know he'd look at them in the comics, they're ripped in there. So he, he being a big superhero fan, he wanted to pay service to that. Yeah, I mean it's appreciated, but the funny thing is, like for all that work he did, 
it only shows up for about 30 seconds in that one scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it was it was funny. They, they actually, I was catching up on Parks and Rec, and they explained, like, the character's weight loss as he just stopped drinking beer and he lost, like, 50 pounds. Huh. <laughs> I mean, that's it was it was this simple line of dialogue. He's like, yeah, this lost like 50 pounds. What'd you do? Like, I just stopped drinking beer. And the guy's like, how much beer were you drinking? He's like, apparently way too much. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of this is why Andy is now ripped. Well, it's like you know, you, you know when it when it comes to Andy, that's you don't care about that. You know, yeah. you want to see what, what was it, his his shoe shine service, and then yeah. and then what else was he working on? No, uh, he was in Mouse Rat. Yeah, and, uh, in season six, I think that's the newest one that just got on Netflix. He, he went to England. He, he goes to England for a while. That's how they explain why he's not on the show while he's filming Guardians, and then he comes back and he becomes a children's singer named Johnny Karate. Yes. Oh, I love Johnny Karate. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, so there's a couple of scenes in this movie where uh, where Star Lord sings, and he doesn't he doesn't sing like Andy Dwyer does, which is kind of weird because like you know when he's singing as Andy, he's trying to do kind of a poor man's Dave Matthews. Yeah. So I, I always get like a Kurt Cobain yeah. vibe from what he's trying to do. Yeah. But still, I mean, it would have been nice if Star-Lord had dug into a nice rendition of Bye Bye Lil Sebastian. I think <laughs> I think we all would have appreciated that. Just put a character in there named Sebastian so we can, I don't know. But, you know, speaking of the music in this, did, yeah. did either of you ever notice whenever they were playing music, like, but like, but besides, like, you know, the, the the movie score, like if they were ever playing like a pop, like, like a popular music song, it was never like just there. Someone was listening to it. Yeah, like they would be piping it over yeah. the movie like it was the soundtrack, but it was actually it was actually being played by somebody in the film while they were yeah. doing that. Um, I thought that was a great way to do that. Yeah. Also, longer on the topic, awesome soundtrack. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. It's you, you gotta love it when you're hearing like, oh, what a you know, you, you don't necessarily expect like the the superhero cool slow motion walking montage to be done to Cherry Bomb. Yeah, you know, yeah. All of a sudden, the, he's walking down this hallway with Pina Colada. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and it was they introduced it nice and early into the movie so that you knew that was just going to be a part of how things worked. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a big fan of that. Uh, let's talk Zoe Zeldana. This poor girl. She's always got to be wearing makeup or something for her action roles. She's oh, blue, yeah. now she's green. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I like Zoe Soldier. I know there, there are the haters out there that don't think that she should be playing a tough guy. I don't care. I liked Columbiana. I oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, there was uh, The Losers, too, which was like, which yeah. I thought was very underrated. Yeah, I, I agree. I think The Losers, I, I thought, was much more fun, but people just didn't really give it a chance. Um, no. I actually don't like her in Star Trek. I just feel like she's not doing enough to be there. Well, she that's stole the, the third title from from Bones. It's it's Kirk Spock and Uhura now instead of Kirk Spock and McCoy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Poor Bones. That's uh, yeah, that's a shame. The yeah, Star Trek trifecta is, is shattered. <laughs> and Carl Urban does a great Bones. It's like he, he channels the Forest Kelly. It's crazy. He is. Yeah. Yeah. McCoy. I was just thinking yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, all right. So now Rocket Raccoon. Now, of of all the Guardians, I would maybe, maybe heard of two of them. And the only people that I actually sort of knew existed prior to this was Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Full disclosure, didn't know Groot's name, but just knew there was a giant talking tree. Uh-huh. Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon. I, I saw this movie. I said I've seen it twice in the theaters. And I can – it does not sound like Bradley Cooper. 
he does a really good job of putting on like a a good like what what, what is that like a like a Brooklyn accent? Yeah, it's all like a Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I don't know where a raccoon gets a Brooklyn accent from, but it's fun, so I let it go. Well, it is yeah. a talking raccoon, so we might as well let something slide. Yeah, I mean he's genetically modified. Maybe like you know whoever did it put that in. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it happened in Brooklyn. Maybe possible. Things go down in Brooklyn sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. They they don't get talked about. We just let it happen. Right. And now, I think the most overpaid guy in the movie is Vin Diesel. You know what? I would disagree with you there. Really? I mean, they basically just had to record one line and say it over and over and over again. And now, was Vin Diesel on set? Is this how it works? Does he wear, like, a big motion capture suit on stilts and is in the scene with people? I don't think he was doing that, no. Aw. That would be awesome to see, like, like a... like a production scene where it's Vin Diesel on stilts walking around. You're like, I am Groot. Well, I mean, it, well, if, they, if they did it, you know, no one's ever talked about it. Yeah, I just I didn't actually know because I, I know he showed up to the premiere wearing stilts. And that made me wonder, like, is he actually the dude? Because yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, that would be awesome. Because you know, there's no way Bradley Cooper could have possibly been Rocket Raccoon. Because no, because <laughs> he's little. I think I can't remember how they did Rocket. I, I don't know if I ever if I saw a video on that. I do know with with Vin Diesel what they basically what they did with him. Like, yeah, he did say the same line over and over and over again. But like his script was huge because it was like on the left you had you know just the words I am Groot, and on the right it was what he was trying like yeah what 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 what's, what what kind what he of was trying to convey he was trying to, yeah. yeah yeah so it's. So it's like he'd say the same thing over and over and over again, but he'd be trying to put in different tones, different inflections, um, rather than like it, it's not just a repeat of "I am Groot, I am Groot." Yeah, like, yeah like I, joke, I joke, but yeah, I've actually heard that too. That he uh, he was he was actually very uh, much a perfectionist in terms of making sure he got the right "I am Groot," and even at one point, I think they they had cast other people, and he was the only one who could say "I am Groot" in a way that the producers liked. Probably, and and an, another another interesting thing, like all the. Um, the international dubs, yeah. Like I, I've seen a few of the international trailers for like you know Russian, Polish, Brazil. Mm-hmm. They didn't get someone else to come in and redub it. That was him, really. Yeah, like there, there's video of him saying it in these different languages. Well, you huh. know what? Good for him then. Yeah, I did not know that. That's brand new to me. Yeah, like, it, like search like Guardians of the Galaxy like Russian trailer or you know Brazilian trailer. You'll see it. Wow, good on him. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think who would, who's left? Who haven't? Oh, we haven't talked about Drax the Destroyer, played by yeah, Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista, Dave the Animal Bautista. I don't know if he still <laughs> the goes. Animal? That's when he was a pro wrestler. When I was watching pro wrestling, and now that's been over ten years. So give me some credit. But there was at one point where he was called Dave the Animal Bautista. I don't know how long it lasted. I I just remember he was wrestling as Batista, and then suddenly they threw in the Dave one day, and I'm like, I'm not as afraid of Dave as I am of Batista. <laughs> no, no. He um he's the guy who you're like, oh, they got some guy who looks the part, and I did not think he was gonna pull this off. I was wrong. I'm gonna say it. He made me like Drax, and I mm. actually believed it. I yeah. really did. What I liked about like Drax, like he, like a lot of people are, are like raving about Rocket for, with good reason. Yeah. You know, people like Rocket, the people like Star Lord and Groot. Groot. But like Drax, like I feel like he's like he's he's being like overshadowed by by Rocket Raccoon. He he was awesome in this movie. He he was. Yeah. Even from his very introduction, I I liked him in it. When he didn't he doesn't understand metaphor and mm-hmm. just like, I got I like this knife. I'm keeping it. <laughs> he just walks away. Like, yes. I uh, I would not put my finger on his throat. I would cut his head clean off. 
<laughs> Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. That was that was great. When he, in the one scene where he's like, "You dumb tree, you are my friend. You green whore." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, he was. <laughs> I am not a princess. <laughs> he was. Oh, he was one of my favorite characters in this movie. Now, I loved Groot in this. I ended up falling in love with Groot because I didn't know enough about the character. I thought he was going to be sort of like... I thought in terms of the team dynamic, he was the Hulk. Like, mm. oh, he's dumb. He doesn't say anything. And No, he's chewy. Yeah, no, I was wrong. He's chewy. He is a, a funny chewy, and I Groot very rapidly became the guy that I, I would watch from scene to scene. It, it's, it's, it says something, because I actually very much like uh, Chris Pratt, and I really thought I was going to love him in this part. And now I did like him. I did, but he got overshadowed in my eyes by by Drax and Groot. And I did like Rocket. I do. I I still laugh when Rocket's like looking at the little kid learning to walk. He's like, "Look, look at you. You think you're so cool. Walk by yourself." <laughs> I mean, I mean and, and let's. I really wanted to say this. Like, I started watching the movie again before we did this. I just I just wanted to point out Groot's animators man, managed to bring out more emotion than all of David Cage's games combined. Oh yeah, poor David. Uh, <laughs> oh, David Cage. David David Cage needs to find out who did the eyes for Groot and get that guy to come on board because it's like well, it's his team has not figured out the... eyes yet. They're dead eyes, and it's crazy. Why what does this you... giant tree have eyes that are so lifelike? Doesn't make sense. Like he gets emotions as like you know happy and sad, like to, to like an extreme, but he doesn't get the subtle nuances of what each one is. Like like every time Groot thinks he's done a good thing, that look on his face, like are, are you impressed? <laughs> look what I did. It's like, like when he, he throws his fist through that whole line of like the yes, and at like thirty people, and he just wrecks. Yeah, them. and he just he wrecks the whole group of them, and then he just learns like check that out. <laughs> it's like did I do good? <laughs> Look what I can do. Yeah, he's so proud of himself. It was oh, that was oh, such a fun scene. L- listen, I like this movie. I oh, if yeah. I had to say something negative about this movie, and I'm going to sound like the old fuddy-duddy here, but hear me out. There was a lot of profanity in it. And I'm not I'm not one of these guys who thinks movies need to be rated G all the time. However, like the the first thing I think about when I see a movie like this is I can't wait to share this with my daughter. And then there's all this profanity. I'm like when she's 30. But it's I mean, that that's the one negative part about it, because it was so much fun. And I think to myself, like, oh, kids should be watching this. And if they had cleaned it up, kids could have been watching this. Well, considering the kids these days, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, yeah, yeah there were a bunch of kids in in there. I wouldn't mind that so much. It was. Yeah, yeah it was when you just it got a little salty at times. And again, I'm not I'm not saying you can't do that. But then then there was a little bit of innuendo like, man, you got a blacklight in here. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that I don't, don't want to have off. to explain that one. to somebody, Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's. There's like what Pixar does where, you know, like there's the subtle adult jokes. Yeah. You know, maybe I get someone else to watch The Sheep tonight. Like there's that. <laughs> and this is more in your uh, and face. And then there's the blacklight joke. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one I don't want to have to explain to, to a young one someday. And that's. Yeah. No, no. Personally, I enjoyed it, and I I will probably watch this movie again and again, and I will. It's it's a definite Blu-ray purchase and to rewatch. Yep. But it's it's I just it was a movie that I enjoyed to such an extent that I would have loved because it felt like I'm gonna try not to be over dramatic when I say it, but it's like our Star Wars. But keeping in mind that I was alive for Star Wars, but. <laughs> 
I was not. At, le- at least for no, there was I, the uh, the that other trilogy that happened. Oh yeah, yeah, that one that we try not to think about too much. Right. No, no, great. Okay, so I wasn't alive for the original Star Wars. I should clarify that point. But I was alive for Empire and Jedi, mm. and uh, you know was actually old enough to uh, have been a part of the Jedi uh, media hype campaign. So I was around and conscious and aware of that. And Star Wars was a big part of my growing up. So I very I find it hard to say it's my Star Wars because like I was kind of around a little bit for the first Star Wars. At least, you know, I was old enough to understand it while maybe being a little too young to, to really get the full grasp of the, uh, the trilogy. It's just that, you know, Star Wars wasn't really made for our generation. They were made for the last generation. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This one was, was made for our generation. And... It, I also think it really helped that I knew almost goose egg about the Guardians of the Galaxy so that finally it's a comic book movie where I don't have to sit there and go like, well, that's not right. Oh, that's yeah. that's not how that that's not what that guy does. And I try so hard not to do that so I can enjoy the movie. And it was very nice to have a movie where I didn't know any better. Mm. Yeah. For, for, yeah. All, for all we knew, they were like tossing half the stuff from the comic out the window, but we didn't know. Yeah, exactly. And it makes it more you know, like about the only person that I recognized was Thanos. Yeah, because he's a he's the big Marvel thing they're building up to. And I, I think he's going to be the big the big bad in Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, Avengers three and three point five or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever they're doing. <laughs> so what's the deal after that though? Are they just going to like restart again? Be like, all right, well recast like because well yeah what, what I, I about think that, Infinity actually. War and then be then then go on like. Infinity War. All right, so now let's do Avengers Reassemble because it's not going to work. Uh, well, what I, I my my theory on that is like if if um they're going anything close to what the comic book did, which is the whole Infinity Gauntlet where he's like gathering all the the stones for his for his you know uh, glove his his gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Like basically in the comics, you you became God when you yeah. had that and all yeah. the, all the gems, so you could do anything. Like what if? They do because actors, you know, they they get older or, or like Chris Evans, he's retiring from acting. Yeah. It's like, what if like they decide, hey, we have this magical device. Let's just do anything. Let's just reboot the universe with it. Yeah, that just seems a bit. It, too I, I think it's I think it's very contrived and lame, but I wouldn't put it past them if they want to keep churning out films and eventually Robert Downey Jr. gets too expensive or too old. Like, hey, let's 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 rejuvenate Iron Man. Yeah, I don't I, I honestly don't see that happening because mainly because they've they've introduced they said they're going to introduce Captain Marvel, they're going to introduce Black Panther, there's they're going to introduce a few other people. You know, like I think um from what I heard like after either after Age of Ultron or after Captain America three, uh, Captain America is going to go out and recruit this whole like like, like a whole bunch of like other avengers and then like they're probably going to be part of it it's probably not going to be like the one after that is probably not going to be called like the avengers reassembled or anything they're probably going to call it new avengers which yeah. is what like, uh, like that probably yeah yeah we'll see uh, which is like what captain marvel was part of oh uh, yeah you could you know what i'm going to throw this out there and for any of the marvel execs listening just mm-hmm. remember where you heard this from i want to see jla avengers let's ha! let's make uh, that happen disney I... and warner brothers you get together you shake hands like you did with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and you make this happen for me. Uh, this isn't the 90s anymore. DC and Marvel aren't, aren't on speaking terms. They yeah, hate each I other. I, wanna see I don't Cap- trust Warner Brothers with anything. Oh, no, no, no. I, I want to be clear on this. I want right. Disney making this film. Oh, yeah. I just want Warner Brothers to give them the rights, and then you Warner- can you can split the, the movie 50-50. How's that? Warner Brothers isn't letting DC call any of the shots in the movie, so I don't see that happening. I know. It, you know what? what? What happened to the trust? 
you know, back in 1989, they trusted them with Bugs Bunny and they trusted them with Daffy Duck and Speedy Gonzalez. And then all of a sudden, now we fast forward and it's like, oh, you can't touch Batman. It's it's yeah. a little bit of ridiculous. Well, it is Warner Batman. Brothers. Is, w- w- Warner Brothers showed just how ridiculous they are when they when like the standing rule for all DC movies is no jokes. Yeah, it's listen, I understand you don't want them to be jokey, funny, ha ha and. Listen, they, they all, we, we've seen what happens when they become jokey. I saw Iron Man 3, so I know what happens when you start joking a little too much for well, the gift I think, I think they're still recovering from Batman and Robin. That's, I think that's where the no jokes policy comes from. Well, no, I think it's it wasn't Batman and Robin. It was Green Lantern. Yeah. Green but, but you see, they need to understand the difference between a comedy movie and a movie with comic relief. Yeah, it, it, helps, it helps alleviate some of the tension. Like, you can only... You can only do that so many times. Like so, some of those Chris Nolan Batman movies, they are a little emotionally draining without any levity to them. Oh my god, yes. Especially the third one. That one was the third draining. One, well, I it did enjoy the third one. I, I will say that it was it was a little bit draining on an emotional level to the point where after watching it a second time, I had to say to myself, I I think I'm not going to watch this movie for a while. But uh, while we're still on the cast, um, although we've been on the cast for a while, but <laughs> uh, I just kind of want to throw this out there. Uh, Karen Gillan as Nebula. I just want to give her a bit of a shout out because she shaved her head to play Nebula. Yes, she did. Well, think, well, my thing there is like I didn't know anything about Nebula before I went to go see this, and then I read like the Infinity Gauntlet series, you know, from Marvel. She didn't have to shave her head. She already had the you know the right length and the right shade. Why not just keep it? Uh, you know what? I think she looks cooler with a shaved head. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was cool, but like. They didn't have to do it. Yeah. They just decided to do it. Yeah. I mean, great. Maybe they just wanted to avoid her looking like Amy Pond. That's also true. You that know. is a distinct possibility. People, you know, you know, is the whole the whole time. Now, I'm not even a Doctor Who fan, mind you. And the whole time I'm watching movie, I'm like, why do I know that face? <laughs> Both times I saw it, the only thing I'm thinking is I know her from something. And granted, now I'm, I'm going to say again, I don't watch Doctor Who, but she's that ingrained to that character that yeah. even me as about as removed from Doctor Who fandom as people can get know her as Amy Pond. Yeah. And, and and well even me like I'm a Doctor Who fan. I've seen, you know, the seasons with her in it, you know, a few times. Um I was looking at the character going, I know that's her, but I just like and like and like every now and then like her face would take on the right expression or she'll yeah. walk the right way and then it'll click. But for the most part, like listening like listening to her and looking at her, I think it did seem like a big disconnect, like, like like it was a big leap from one to the other. Yeah. No, I, I can I can see that. Now, a couple of, of stars I'm just going to give mention to. We're not going to spend a whole ton of time on these characters. But Michael Rooker, I don't care who he plays. When Even if he plays a Cree, the guy, it's still, I feel like it's Michael Rooker. Yeah. Like, that's just, it's, it's, it, it, it's... It was blue Michael but, Rooker, yeah. Yeah. Usually if you hire an actor like that... You know, you you know what you're getting. You're not getting yeah. anything but that guy, and that's exactly what you want. Yeah. However, yeah, this is it's not like that's a bad thing. That wasn't a yeah. dig. That was good to see him. Glad to see him there. Same with John C. Riley. You know mm-hmm. who you're getting with John C. Riley, and he did a great job, and I liked him. And Benicio del Toro as the collector. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his real name, so I'm just going to call him the collector. Uh, Tanelier Tavan. Let's the just collector. Go collector. Yeah. 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 I have. Oh yeah, yeah. Being I, able I, to reproduce that name. Collector. I, I he was he was good. Now there was some cameos. I looked these up. Um, people that uh, I, you know, Stan Lee's in it obviously. He because he's in all these movies, which is getting old. I I am now officially like Stan get, Lee. Yeah, I'm officially getting sick of the Stan Lee cameo. The guy is insane. Have you heard his interviews? 
He yeah. He talks about how he invented the word Mjolnir. What? Yeah, no, what? I've heard, I've heard him say this. He was it was a Kevin Smith interview with the guy, and he was talking about Mjolnir. And he's like, I think it was my brother-in-law who came up with this name Mjolnir, and nobody really knew how to say it because it's a made-up word. And I'm I'm looking at my screen in this stunned disbelief. Like, did Stanley just take credit for inventing Norse mythology? <laughs> Reinventing it. Yeah, yeah so. even like in the movie Thor, it's like they bring the they, they grab this book of Norse mythology and look, there's Mjolnir. Yeah, it's I don't think he's trying to take credit for things he didn't do. I think the man has a terrible memory and doesn't want to not have an answer for something. Possible. Possible. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, he's like I've I've heard more than a few stories about him remembering meeting somebody who he's never met and, you know, saying like well, he's senile. He's what in his 80s at this point. He's quite old. Yeah, I'll give yeah. him that. Yeah, he's he's got to be senile at this point. I'm surprised Marvel lets him out. I I am too a little bit. Let's see who let him out for the the cameo scene. <laughs> he does That's his it. cameos. Yeah. And they, he goes right back in the standing <laughs> box. A couple more cameos. Uh, Nathan Fillion played a voice of one of the inmates. I listened for him. Oh, I couldn't yeah. hear him. No, no, it's probably like a yelp or something that yeah. You'll, you'll uh, he never, was, I ever think he was the, um, when they first go to prison. He was the big blue alien who tried to um, claim Peter Quill as, oh, as yeah as possible. Oh, maybe and then, and yeah. then, like grabs him by the nostrils and like lifts him up. Oh yeah. yeah. That was a fun scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob Zombie was the voice of the Ravager Navigator. Mm. And then uh, Seth Green was the voice of Howard the Duck. Yep. Yeah, I knew that one. And let's see, there was also a Glenn Close was in there. Glenn Close. Yeah, she was. She played with Nova Prime. Yep. I don't know a whole lot about the Nova stuff from the comics, so I'm... I don't know much about Nova Prime. I mean, I know that the suits were actually, like, kind of spot on. Like, they had, like, all the important parts, like the the three connected dots. Yeah. Helmets were shaped right. But, I mean, otherwise, it it, it looked more functional than anything else, which I I really appreciated. The only Nova I was familiar with was because I've played uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Oh where, yeah, where Nova is a character, and he he was nothing like like in in the movie they were like space cops, right? Essentially, yeah. and yeah. in, well, in no, the game what... he was like this super powered fireball throwing laser shooting. I was like that's completely different from what I saw in the game. But okay, okay, movie. Well, yeah, I mean, well, the, the thing about the Nova Corps is like they're they're supposed to be like the Green Lantern Corps. So yeah, Nova, I heard that analogy. Yeah. yeah. So, so Nova is you know a member of the Nova Corps, and the and like the way the powers work is like the higher rank you are, the more powerful you are. Huh. Yeah, I actually did not know that. So Nova Prime is like the ultimate. Yeah, so if you don't want to throw down with her if you if you can avoid it. So where was she? Where was she? Yeah, well, why wasn't she like blasting? Well, because oh, she was watching from the command center. Yeah, she was commanding. I'm that, sure if, you, if she had to, she would have gone into a yeah. one-on-one fight, but she didn't have to. That does seem like the, the opposite way to do. Like, we need to send all the lower-powered people in first, and we need to hold back the higher-powered people. Like, mm. Cannon fodder. Uh, yeah. Well, well here, here's the thing. Like, James Gunn has actually said he doesn't like the idea of the Nova Corps. He used them because he had to. Um so if there ever is like a Nova movie in the works, he's not touching it. Yeah, I I can I can understand that. It it I'm kind of a little disappointed he had to though, because that's I, I I can understand his sentiment because like like we just said, it, it's a lot like the Green Lantern Corps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they probably want to avoid too many similarities to that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I do know that uh, Glenn Close does have a multi-picture contract. So but, yeah, they're talking about another two Guardians movies. So well, the second one's already happening, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's that one's like slated, but like James Gunn has said, he's 
already has he already has ideas for number three. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, good, you know, because I I don't like when they get to like oh now we got to think up something new like have something in mind. Yeah, actually, funny thing like James Gunn when he was approached like in the in the meeting he he turned it down and then because he he said it was like I I really just can't see it guys and so he left he was like I think he was like driving home and like it all started to form in his head and like when he got home he called him back it's like I changed my mind I want to do this yeah I you know I did not know much about James Gunn like I I've looked through what he's done of all his movies I've seen a handful of them but I mean he's all over the place with Scooby Doo and Scooby Doo Two yes I've seen those Let's see what uh, what else is he he, he also did yeah you know, he did Super mm-hmm. he directed Super and yeah. he um he was a director and writer for Lollipop Chainsaw. I did hear that too. Yeah, I I'm very surprised that Gunn was able to pull it off. I'm surprised about the whole thing because I don't know anything about these characters. So well, yeah, it does give you the chance to like just tell whatever story you want. You don't have to worry about the history. But it's it's easy to screw up a movie like this. I saw yeah. Green Lantern. I've seen it happen. Yeah, and I have not seen Green Lantern. So yeah, it's just well, see, no. yeah. I, I think I think what happened was like Marvel gives Mar- Marvel gives their their movie makers like just enough creative control to where like you know each movie feels different, but they'll still like go in and just like change like little details in terms of like the the plot and the story so it doesn't affect the other movies too much mm-hmm. these uh, warner brothers i think is a little more micromanaging in like what goes into the movie itself but in terms of plot it's they probably don't worry uh, about continuity all that much yeah i think i think warner Bros. is a bit more micromanaging than marvel who who, who to be fair also do their own micromanaging yeah uh, but at least marvel is doing the micromanaging and not disney yeah uh, yeah if disney was doing it 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 would be a lot worse. So the story of this film, I actually, I I liked it. It's so easy it's... to screw it up and like to make it work to the point where, I mean, it's, it is not easy to make me get emotionally behind the relationship between a raccoon and a tree. And I was there like the, I, I, they, they had me on board. They had me emotionally invested in characters and it's, I thought it they did a very good job and things Made sense. I saw it twice. So when you see it the second time, you're kind of looking for the plot holes. And listen, I don't try to be cinema sins. I don't go searching them out to point them out. But I notice them when they're there, and it's it's a pretty tight plot. I mean, like you know, most of the Marvel movies, you know, hog the screen for like two and a half hours. This one kept it to two. Yeah, I'm liking that direction. Some of these movies get so long, and I have I have checked out. But this one is tight. It's called pacing, people. Yeah. It's it's pacing. You, just because it's long doesn't mean it's good. You need to you need to maintain a good pace. You need to slow it down where it needs it. And plus, I like the characters. I'm just having yes, yes. Well, it's it's just like you know, well written characters who are different from really just about they're either different from anything you've ever seen before, or it's you can almost call Chris Pratt like or Star Lord like a, a parody of Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was referring to earlier. How he's like this yeah. awkward, bumbling type of Han Solo yeah. character. He's 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 that. Actually, considering his age, he might be. He might have been trying to be Han Solo. That's true. He would have been. Uh, let's see. When was he abducted? Does anybody remember the year? I think it was oh, 1989. Because you know, like he knew Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, so he would have. He knew. He, he knew a couple of things. He knew. He knew Footloose. He yep. knew Ninja yeah. Turtles. Um, he knew. Yeah, lots of like late 80s or almost early 90s. Yeah, so he would have. Yeah, so I don't know if he he would have probably known Star Wars then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he was like, so maybe he was literally trying to be Han Solo. Yeah, to consider that, you know, and maybe that's a crossover that we need now that Disney owns them both. We can just make that kind (laughs) of. This is true. Oh man, they can make make it happen. Let's go, Disney. I am giving you million dollar ideas here. (laughs) 
just kick me a check. I can keep yeah, this uh, all day long. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like. I think the characters is what really made this movie uh, work. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the uh, action like, scenes work. I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. Say they the don't, action, but... the action is good. This, the story was was easy to follow, if a bit simple. But I think if the characters had been uh, less or, or more badly written than what they were, or, or if the casting wasn't as good as what we got. Like, I don't think this movie would have worked as well just trying to go off the plot and lackluster characters. Like, the characters made this movie good. Yeah. yeah. I th- and part of the way that works is because you're so behind these characters, and the characters themselves are written is that they don't so much care about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you just get the, now he's got superpowers. And these guys are like, all right. And you sit there like, well, you know, if, if Star-Lord and Groot are on board with this, then I guess I am too. Sure, why not? <laughs> he's got powers now. Because they make so many references to things like that are way beyond the scope of the movie and everyone just is just kind of like yeah yeah no 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 i payday money time so it really gets them out of the way of like so now we don't have to dance the dance of exposition now we can just be like no these guys don't care about any of that oh you're in an old celestial being don't care money yeah 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 they give you just enough exposition yeah to say like like this is kind of what's going on but it's like it's not crucial to the plot so don't worry about it yeah Yeah. most of the exposition exposition they got out of the way fairly early on it was, it was in the, that prison lineup scene when they take like the mug shots. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, hey, this this is a talking raccoon who was experimented on, and now he's a thief with a pet tree, and you know. Was... Yeah. So oh. I, I do I do say like Rocket's little meltdown in the bar is probably like one of the best forms of exposition I saw in the movie. That makes the character. Yeah, uh, it makes the character. I don't know. I don't know yeah. why. Well, no, it, 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 was it? It, 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 it felt uh, natural. It felt yes. a bit more natural than uh, when when Drax suddenly shows up and he's like choking Gamora. He's like, "No, my my wife was murdered, and I am Drax. Yes. This is why I am angry." And that was so clunky. Like yeah. when I when I was first watching this movie, like it, it was really hard for me to get over the just the cringeworthy dialogue in in a lot of places. I was like, "Oh my god, stop talking!" Yeah, that one was not good. Although you get it followed up, it's a it's a great prison break scene. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 was topping one of my favorite scenes in the movie. You just were like. The whole the, they set up the plan, and he's like, "You got to get that guy's leg." And the yes. payoff of that is great. <laughs> yes, I oh that man, was awesome. And then like, and he's like, "So we got to get the battery from that purple thing back there, but we got to get it last." And Groot's just grabbing it, and he's like, "Look what I got!" So, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it was like they they needed a fight scene. Yeah, and it was like, okay, we can either contrive it to where you know they do like Rocket says, okay, we need that, and then in the heat of things, he's like, now I need you to go get this, now I need you to go get this. And it's like, well, why didn't you say that before? Now it's like we know we needed them before, and he wanted to do it last. Groot was just taking initiative. Yeah, it was it was a great scene. I'm gonna die surrounded by idiots, and finally he gives him the leg, and he's like, no, I just thought it was funny. Take his leg. Did he look funny <laughs> hopping around? <laughs> I like that after that scene, they set up, well, he, he's making another plan. He's like, give me his eye. He's like, some guy's robot eye. Yeah. And, and and Peter Quill's like, no, no, we don't really need his eye. He's like, yes, I do. He's, he's, like, he's, he's, he's trying to hold in the laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I have it. That was, that was a good pick. Like, the sad thing, I will go back to the jail scene just quickly. As funny as it is, and like his great, oh, he got the guy's leg, was it funny hopping around? You got to remember that then... The, the Kree came in and blew the whole thing up. Yeah. They killed yeah. everybody on board. So that was a little sad face. Yeah. And and, that, and I think that was more to, like, just kind of flesh out, like, what kind of a person uh, Ronan was. Right. Um, I, I get it. Oh, I'm not, speaking I'm not of a, Ronan. Well, what about Ronan? Did you know that, that the very first scene that he's in, that, that, that water he's in, is not water. Is he, blood? He's, he, he's bathing in blood, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I kind of figured from like you know w- when he killed that one guy and then like yeah. kind of refills the whole thing. Yeah, because it, it was the same colors, the same like texture. Yeah, he he yeah. was he was swimming in in alien blood that he was for oh. people he was killing. What did they actually use? Was it pig's blood? Because that would be hardcore. Uh, I have no <laughs> idea what they actually. I'm sure, used, it was like but... colored water, or it was probably computer effects actually. Because yeah. considering like the way he comes out of it. Yeah, maybe. I don't. Know, little also little fun fact about Ronan the Accuser. Hey, played by Lee Pace. Pace actually auditioned for Peter Quill. Really? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, he, he was one of the original runners for it. Yeah, like none of the original runners made it. Like they started having auditions for this thing way back, and they just couldn't find their guy. And Chris Pratt got it months and months after they'd already brought in a ton of actors to play him. Uh, some other names I just remember off the top of my head is like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, oh yeah, auditioned for Peter Quill and um, I think who else? What's his name? The, the guy who plays Cyclops did too. Oh, yeah, James Marsden. Yeah. Oh, you know who else I just thought of? Uh, Mike Rosenbaum, uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville. He auditioned. Oh, for Star- I never watched Smallville, so. Uh, he also oh, was the maybe. voice of the the Flash in the Justice League cartoon. Didn't watch oh, that either. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's um, that's yeah. where and I know. Anyway, the thing I like most about Ronan is you don't spend a whole ton of time on him. I don't know if he's from the comics or not. And this is that's yeah, he is. He is. Sad. He yeah, is. I would assume so, but like I, I don't. Does he get superpowers? Does he work with Thanos? They wouldn't make an original character. Oh no, gotta use the that source material. Decades yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he ever like uses that particular Infinity Stone for all that but like like th- that hammer is definitely like his thing okay well then i'm okay with it um I, I, I that, hammer, that, that hammer actually has a name and i can't remember what it is the name Gilnir is 2.0 my cousin came up with that name back in 1978 <laughs> and we didn't know how to say it i kind of wish there was a bit more ronin in this movie oh yeah okay. really i kind of yes ronin was in it just enough I, I, I think, think he could have so used too. a bit more, just not uh, not not like like Joker level, like the Dark Knight, but like a bit more. I think would have helped flesh him out. Like as it was, yeah. I felt like you could swap him out with uh, what's his name in Thor: The Dark World. Oh, the the well, knight. Oh, I had no. his name up for that one. Uh, yeah. Ma- Malekith. Malekith, yes. Oh. Like I yeah, feel like you mind. could take Ronan and Malekith and just switch them and put them put Ronan in Thor. And Malekith and Guardians, and the plot would be exactly the same. Isn't the plot basically the same? Like, don't they both just want an Infinity Stone really, really badly? Yes. They even attack a city with a giant alien spaceship. But with different reasons? Yeah, they they have... They they want their stones for different reasons. Ronan wants to destroy a planet. Malekith wants to destroy the universe. No, he doesn't want to destroy it. He wants to make it dark. Yeah, because destroying it will make his his realm, like, expand and become dark and... Oh, okay. Yeah, well, my, my problem with Malekith was, like, you never see him really do anything terrible. Like, okay, you see him kill Thor's mom. That, that sounds it. terrible, though. Like, that's... But, you no, know, it's terrible, but, What you else know, did you want him to do? But then you also see, like, you know, Ronan basically, you know, orders orders the death of an entire, you know, of, of an entire... Yeah, it was a prison, but, you know, it was just a lot of people. He's just as... He refers to it as cleansing. You see him assassinate a Nova Corps member, you know, in his very first scene. And then he goes to he wants to literally wipe out the entire race living on a planet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Still, guy wanted Ma- to Malik- destroy Malik- the universe. Made- I'm just saying. Well, well, Malik- Well, he wanted to, but you never really see him do anything. You see him drop a bunch of his own ships on his own people. And then but other than that, you just see him kind of hide in the shadows plotting 
It doesn't do a whole lot. Meanwhile, Ronan, like I said, is executing people. He's ordering, like, mass murders, and he attempts genocide. That sounds pretty bad on the surface when you look at it. Yes. So it really, it's like, the the good way to tell, like, how well they've fleshed out a villain, how, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? How good does it feel when you finally see them taken down? And, like, I had that, oh, yeah, moment when Ronan was killed. I didn't get that when Malekith was killed. Well, I think it was the way, well, I, I didn't get that feeling when Ronan was killed. That, ah, yes. Yeah. Mainly because it, it felt, it was kind of cheesy the way he died. Well, he died via intergalactic dance-off. Well, it, it was intergalactic dance-off <laughs> with the with the power of friendship, and I was like, mm, it's, it's cheesy, Nothing but it's, it's like old school cheesy. You, yes, you I know. You watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Nothing beats the power of friendship. I wouldn't call that the power of friendship. That was the power of death channeled through multiple people. Sustained by friendship. Yes. And harnessed via yeah. dance. I what, suppose. What more do you want? I want every movie to end that exact way. I think Casablanca <laughs> should have ended that way. Where Rick it gets did. It's a beautiful stone, friendship. He dances, and then he, he holds he holds Louis's hand, and it's a beautiful friendship, and then he zaps the Nazis off the planet. And that's how we win World War II. Warner Brothers! That's a million-dollar idea I just came up with for you. Give me yeah, no, they're going to screw that up. I guarantee it. No, they'll... Yeah, the problem is they won't cast Rick correctly. They're going to get Ryan Reynolds as Rick, and that's just going to completely mess up <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, and the, the way, you know, they, they ended up killing Ronan, power of friendship, you know, besides, you know, with, with the Avengers, like, it would have been, like, one guy attacks, and then another guy attacks, and, you know, eventually, like, they would have subdued him, but, like, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy way to do it is... Star-Lord distracts him while they fix the gun and then shoot him. Yeah. I mean, with, with, with the big, like, moon-killing gun that yep. destroys his hammer. Like, that is that is the way to do it in Guardians of the Galaxy. I will yeah. say, and I, I said this during the Thor hero talk, is that Thor had the problem of not making me care about this villain. Yeah. And also had the problem of having this end fight scene that I just didn't care about because it was so boring. And you see what happens when you go the other route. It's like, well, instead, let's make it a dance-off, and then he shot with the gun, and then there's the boon crystal thing. And suddenly, I care. Like, yeah. I cared when the raccoon lost his tree. Did you—I re- mean, let's, let's be honest. I, I, I knew he was— We, we knew he, we he knew wasn't dead. He wasn't actually dead. But, but it was still—it was a very emotional scene. I'm Like, you, you can imagine, like, it was— Near death, like, you know, I, I can kind of think, like, if, if Rocket didn't do something soon, Groot was going to die. Yeah. Because, like, the only way to save Not all dead. Because, I mean, if if that, if, like, if all those sticks were going to just keep growing, like, you'd have more Groots out there. But, no, he needed to get, like, the one stick and make sure it got into a pot. and got, got, Like, it got into soil. Or what if there's, like, a hundred Groots running around now? Sequel! <laughs> Revenge of the Groots. I'd watch attack, that. Attack of the Groots. Attack of the yes. Groots. <laughs> you know what? Yes, yes. You know what? I want. I want Guardians of the Galaxy two to end. I want the. I want the whatever, whatever villain it is in that movie. I want him to die by an army of Groots. I agree, and I think I'd be okay with that. I, I would be okay with that. Absolutely. Yeah, Groot. Groot was a wonderful part of this movie i i i'm very hard pressed to think if there's really any parts of the movie i truly didn't like i mean i even like that whole that scene in nowhere where quill jumps out and takes his mask off and puts it on gamora to keep her alive and i've heard a number of people say like he would have died immediately in space but then there's some science mumbo jumbo that actually explains why he wouldn't and i didn't read it well enough to explain it here on hero talk although i, I th- will I, I will say i'm so glad they didn't 
explain it in the movie because no, I don't. Like, I don't need to know why the science works. Yeah, no, I am. I am okay with lip service at best. That's suspension of disbelief. I, I will. I, I beat that drum so hard. If like, you, I just if want people to me, shut up and watch the movie. You give me something, I am okay with it. If you're just like he lived, period. Like just get over it. He's he's alive still. Then I'm okay yeah. with it. And then you know we're not cinema sins. We're not here to see yeah. like oh this wouldn't possibly like, no. But I I actually thought yeah. that was a that was a super fun scene. Yeah, uh, I you know, I was really good. Me, I actually kind of like that. That last fight scene is the thing with was the weakest when they were all like were Gamora's fighting Nebula and then oh yeah the other guys are fighting like well it was kind of nice for um for Drax to get his moment and take down oh, what was his name I feel so bad because this is the guy we oh oh we've the, completely um... uh. Korath it's Korath or Korath Korath yes Korath the pursuer. Okay, yeah. Or at the Pursuer. Um, or at yeah, the Pursuer, played, yeah, played by uh, Jimon Honsu. That's how you say, I, I didn't want to say his name because I was afraid I would like, butcher the pronunciation, so I was just that's, sitting I quiet. It is, a, it is a hero that's talk tradition to pronounced. butcher the pronunciation of somebody. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's how I've heard it pronounced. So Yeah, so sorry. If Mr. Honsu, if we screw that up, he's listening, I'm assuming. <laughs> if we screw oh, that no. up, I am, I'm sorry. But Jimon Honsu, who I, I feel bad who, we didn't talk about him because I actually liked him in this movie. I oh, it, yeah. it, it's a shame he was cast for this because I think he would have made an awesome Black Panther. Yeah, he would have made an awesome. Haven't they cast Black Panther? Didn't I hear I guess they, they have. have? Yeah. Who's playing Black I, Panther? Not him. I think he would have made a good pick. No, the, the guy they picked is perfect. Oh, like you, you know that movie uh, Forty Two, the one about uh, Jackie uh, Robinson. Jackie Robinson, yeah. Oh, it's that guy. Guy, played ja- guy who played Jackie Robinson. Oh. I, I would prefer to think it is Jackie Robinson. <laughs> okay, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson is Black Panther. I knew it. Yes, yes, he is. I knew it. Chadwick no. Boseman, that's his name. Chadwick Boseman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still yeah. feel like you need to find something else for Jamon Hansu to do. I. Yeah. I agree. Because it. Oh. It was in. Although he 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 was great in it and. Uh, Hold up, hold up. Jimon Honsu has played Black Panther. Did he? There was a 2010 Black Panther miniseries in which the he, cartoon, the one on BET, he was the voice. I I I don't know what network it was on, but yes, he was the voice of Black Panther in that. No kidding. Oh, I love that series. Huh. See, my instincts about him being Black Panther, they were they were correct. I have yes. never even heard of this Black Panther someone, series, but someone else thought of it, and uh, and I guess they they just couldn't they just couldn't work him into the movie, or it wasn't finalized, or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. well then, okay, so that's good. So just yeah. the way he says "who" <laughs> is perfect. Who are you? Who? That was Star-Lord. I. I yeah. love that gag. It was in the trailer, yeah. and I thought it was going to be overdone, and I still laughed in the theater. It's 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 funny because it it really makes it better in that like why would he have such a silly name? Because he's a little kid who's who yeah. decided that he wanted to have that cool name as Star Lord. Um, well, yeah, I think that that's what his mom called him. Right. Yeah. And I'm I'm, um, I'm presuming that he liked to sort of play that role up it's like as a hero and that's what his mom because otherwise that makes his mom a little creepy yeah well here's the thing i think this is why she called him that in the comics that's actually his title is it like really yeah yeah like like his um like like he uses it as a as like a as like a code name you know when he's out doing his thing but like his father is uh some kind of royalty so so because he's like the prince or whatever that that his official title is the star lord Oh, okay. I had no idea. I I thought he just called himself that. The whole like yeah. his I I didn't even know that his father was like something special other than an Earth person until the end of this movie. And I was yeah relatively aware that 
a Star-Lord did exist in the comics. No idea he had anything to do with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I don't know anything about the Guardians no. of the Galaxy. But. Yeah. Um, no, not, uh, no, the Star-Lord is Peter Quill in the comics. Okay. That he actually had his own comics line before they made him one of the Guardians. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm learning all kinds of stuff about the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy today. Well, yeah. Well, the, the, the space section of it is, is you, like, ex- with the exception of Silver Surfer and Captain Marvel, it's pretty obscure stuff. All right. So let's let's talk about our favorite parts of this movie. Brian, I will start with you. I've, I can, I've been struggling to pick my favorite part. God, because there's just so many good ones. I guess I guess I'd have to go with like the parts that the, the, the part that uh, that made me laugh the loudest. And that was the part where uh, Quill hands Rocket the leg and goes, OK, here you go. And he's like, wait, what? I was just joking. Wait, <laughs> you, you, OK, what did he look like just hopping around like that? <laughs> that that was pretty funny. Yeah because <laughs> it was a pretty dramatic action scene and they get to this part and he hits the leg and he's like realized it was a joke yeah i was i was a fan i think we did we did talk that scene to death but i think that was that's a very fine point to be a favorite part of this movie axelon you are up what was your favorite part of this movie for me it was a toss-up between the prison break scene mm-hmm or uh, right after they they talk with the collector, he explains with exposition what the infinity things do. And it, after after his his shop basically yeah. blows up, mm-hmm. and Gamora grabs the gem and walks outside with it, and Rocket just turns around and is like, "Why are you still holding on to that? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you still have it? You've been carrying that around in your purse this whole time. <laughs> was... Not a purse, it's a knapsack." <laughs> It's, it's like he, he wanted no part of it. He's like, just yeah. drop the thing. Let's just, let's just leave right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, was, that was that was just a fun part when, like, Rocket just decided, like, he wanted nothing more to do with any of that stuff going on. Yeah. So. You're making me beat up grass. Yeah, that, that whole sequence was <laughs> awesome. I forgot about that. That was great. Oh, man. I loved Rocket in this. He was. Yeah. Er, now we're gonna get to my part, and I'm I'm gonna say two because it's my show, and I'm allowed to say two. <laughs> so the, the one part, this is I guess my honorable mention. It's not actually my favorite part, but we needs to be discussed. Is I guess I'll stand up too. You happy? <laughs> that I mean that was I laughed so hard when <laughs> he just stands up and he's like <laughs> on his little box. Yeah, on his little box. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was... pretty much any scene with Rocket was awesome. Yeah, it was. And, and honestly, I think like. You listen to all of them talk about it, uh, like after the fact. Bradley Cooper seems the one seems like the one who viewed it, who like most views it, viewed it as just a paycheck. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did a good job. If oh yeah, wrong with just wanting a paycheck if you're gonna knock it out of the park. Yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. I just I just mean like he 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 was the one who was like he just seemed the least excited about it. Even Michael Rooker seemed really yeah. excited about it. Well, Michael well, Rooker had he probably just... initially got like the thing was like oh I'm a talking raccoon. Yeah. He probably didn't get it, but he's like, oh, whatever, I'll do it. They'll do a good yeah. job. And yeah, you know what? It, around. I, I'm sure they must have gotten all these guys for the three movie deal. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure or, they usually sign these huge deals. Yeah. With, like with Marvel, Marvel these days, they sign up for like five movie deals. So they can show up in other stuff. Yeah. You know, the seven, Guardians are somehow going to be in, in the, the Avengers Secret War, right? Or Infinity War. Yeah. They're oh, going to yeah. like yeah. have this giant like crossover. Every, everyone's going to be in everything. And yeah, I need to see that, but. I, All right. Maybe that's why it's split into two movies because it, there's just so many people. Yeah, maybe. Now, okay. Now, my actual favorite part of the movie 
without a doubt, unquestionably, I had to mention the one scene because it was a great scene and we hadn't <laughs> talked about it yet. But my favorite part of the movie, beyond any question, is Dancing Baby Groot. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're, 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 they're coming up with a toy for that. I am getting that toy. Beyond question, I'm getting. I I, th- I think it's going to be ready for Christmas, is what I heard. Yeah, I have the first. When I, I saw the movie and I looked at that and it was great. And then I remember thinking to myself, like, Hey, they we have the technology. Those dancing daisies were everywhere in the '90s. Yeah, we you got to slap a Groot on one of those and sell it because I will buy it and I will put it on my desk and it will stay there forever. Because you know they're doing it. Baby, yeah. I knew they were. I got the. Uh, I pre-ordered. I haven't gotten it yet. The uh, the pop vinyl like bobblehead dancing baby group. Mm. But I want the actual thing, so I may just cancel yeah. the pop one. So sorry, guys. Yeah, d- d- Google search it because I'm pretty sure they're coming up with like like an actual one that you know looks like it and dances. So yeah, I that's that's what I want. I want I want that thing because that was easily my favorite part of the movie and made all the better by uh, Dave Batista's. Yes, like uh, Drax, like just yeah. like sharpening his little thing that he keeps turning around. <laughs> oh yeah, he's turning around and checking him out. I I loved it. Oh yeah. All right. So, and, and he's dancing to uh, young Michael Jackson. Yes, he is. Back when back when we could all get behind Michael Jackson. <laughs> but that was I I I could not stop laughing. I was giggling yeah. about Dancing Baby Groot the entire ride home. <laughs> I days later, like you just can't think about Dancing Baby Groot. And then especially the whole like I'm dancing and then Drax turns around and now I'm not dancing and then he goes to sharpen his knives and I'm dancing. That was. <laughs> I, I don't know how I don't see how anyone else could have loved any other scene more than that one. That was phenomenal. All right, all right. Let's score this thing. Uh, we will go. Uh, Axelon, you get to go first. What would you give this movie? I would give this movie a solid three and a half talking raccoons with baby Groots out of five Draxes. Wow. Yes. Three and a half rocket raccoons, baby Groots out of five Draxes. That is yes. That is an exceptionally high rating. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to get Draxes. <laughs> Much less. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'm rating it that. All right, fair enough. All right, Brian, what, what would you give this movie? I would say uh, ten Cree soldiers stabbed by a tree root out of ten. Wow. So I would give this movie four exploding infinity gems out of five. Incidentally, didn't he have other infinity gems there too? Like he, he no. At the end of Thor two, you know, they they showed that he yeah. um, they they had him hold on to the ether. Right. thought he had more than one in his possession. Yeah. I thought he said at the end of Thor, like, he had, like, two, three left or something like that. No, he, he, said, one no down. he said one down, five to go. There are six oh. total. Not I two. will say, uh, what was the point of having the Nova Force guard the Infinity Stone? Well, because they're cops. They, they got a big vault. Yes, but, yeah. like, <laughs> it, 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 we, we know... It's 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 just gonna be they're gonna some Thanos is gonna crack the vault open. Yeah, well, yeah, so, and so easily break into Asgard it, and get and yeah, get, so easily. Okay, it's you know it's it's going to happen. What, yeah. what way to spoil is, the like, movies, Marvel, by announcing the Infinity War. Now <laughs> I know what's gonna happen. I think we all figured it out as soon as we saw Thanos. Yeah, I think we did. And also, special it, shout out to Josh Brolin who did a good job as Thanos. Oh yeah, he only had like two lines, but he made them count. Yeah. Josh Brolin just has that presence, even when he's not there. <laughs> yes. So Brolin did a good job, and it was. I just feel like it's such a slow burn on Thanos to have, be introduced in the Avengers in 2000, I want to say 12, 12, and then to not actually come to total fruition until 2016 or 17. When... Yeah, I did. I don't understand why they decided to do that. I guess just to like say who 
who was behind Loki yeah. doing all that stuff. Maybe it, it um, maybe I, it makes me wonder: Did they have this planned out all along, or did they think like we should show Thanos? I think and they want they knew they wanted to use Thanos because they were already setting up uh, the Infinity Gauntlet by having right uh, an Infinity Stone in the movie. Um, Plus, they had I, I think, the I think Gauntlet what it, in Thor. Yes, yes, they did. Um, and I think what I think they decided to push him to Avengers three because it was like there's no way we're gonna get through all six stones before Avengers two. Yeah. So 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 we so let's have just, James Spader as Ultron. All right, well, let's hero talk, everybody. Uh, I want to thank you guys for coming. Brian, uh, Axelon, thanks for being on Hero Talk. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. All right. On behalf of my panel, I want to thank everyone for joining us. If you have a movie that you want us to discuss or if you want to join our panel, it's easy. You just email herotalk at enthusiacs.com. For more podcasts, Let's Plays, articles, videos, and reviews, visit Enthusiacs.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Enthusiacs and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That is YouTube.com slash Enthusiacs. And as always, we'll see you right back here on the next Hero Talk. I created Hero Talk back in 43. It was World War II and we needed something to talk about. And so I said, we are heroes, let's talk.